My name is Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. I report on Maryland political news at a minordetail.com. A Minor Detail is a startup media outlet dedicated to bringing Marylanders a multimedia experience. Our platform is painstakingly fair. We're nonpartisan and independent. We're not beholden to donors or big advertisers. We're interested in the facts in every story. We're interested in finding the truth. This year, A Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. A Minor Detail covers trending Maryland political news. We keep politicians honest, we don't play favorites, and we certainly don't bullshit you. We encourage you to support local news, and it's up to you to decide how to use it and how to make sense of it. Now, let's talk about the news. First and foremost, if you're just tuning in now, this is a Minor Detail podcast. I'm Ryan Miner. I'm the host. Uh, you can find us on the web at aminordetail.com. Tonight we're going to be discussing, the, I think, one of the biggest stories in Maryland politics today, which is the firing of Mac Love. And Mac is a now former staffer who worked in Governor Larry Hogan's administration and the Governor's Office of Community Initiatives. And I want everyone to know, and just as we set a couple of ground rules, is that I got a diverse panel on here for a reason. Okay, I and if anybody has watched a minor detail in the past, and many of you have been on in the past, we have a lot of diversity. Okay, and if you look around, and you might say, "Oh, Ryan, well, I don't see you know you guys are all liberals, progressives, Democrats," and it's and I want to say this first and foremost: I brought on people whom I trust, who gives expert political opinion who does analysis really well, and who oftentimes crosses the barriers of their personal party and fights against what they see as the, the establishment, okay? And that's, that's just the way it is. There's not one single person on this podcast tonight that you're going to find who's so quote-unquote established. I mean, look, we got Jake Burdett, Michael Feldman, Henry Caligari. We have Nathan Feldman, Eric Beasley, and Charlotte Often Brink from Boonesboro. We were well represented across the state. I reached out to, to Mac Love and Gary Collins, and I invited them both on, and they did not respond to my invitation. I reached out to uh, a few of Mr. Love's supporters uh, and explained how I would conduct this show, and a few of them declined. And I just want them to know and I'm saying this loud and clear up front. If you want to call in to the show, if you want to be part of this show, call, you can send me an email at ryananyminordetail.com. You can text me at 301-991-4220. I have my phone right here. And uh, I, will, I will patch you in because you, you have to have the login credentials first. <laughs> I'm not going to get Zoom bombed. That's happened to me before, and it's not going to happen again. So, and I'm going to set the ground rules now that we're going to have a fair and honest discussion. However, that doesn't mean that we're going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to moderate the discussion. You're not going to find me taking a position one way or the other, but I'm going to moderate the discussion, and we're going to have an honest-to-God, good old-fashioned debate. I don't know where people stand. Most of the, the panelists stand. Some of them I do, and but... I don't know where some people stand on this panel. However, you know, we're not, it's not going to be a direct punching bag. Matt's, Mac Love is not going to be a punching bag tonight, but 
I invited people on who are honest, who have integrity, and who are not afraid to speak their minds. So I just want everybody to fundamentally understand that, that I'm going to moderate the panel. We're going to keep a good above-board conversation. But again, people here on this panel on a Minor Detail podcast are going to speak their mind. And I think Michaela Wilkes is going to come on. I hope she does. I, that that would be great. I haven't seen her yet, but uh, hopefully she she pops in. So, okay, folks. Well, welcome to a Minor Detail podcast. It is 8.08 p.m. in Gaithersburg. I think it's raining outside. And if you can, if you are watching now live, I can ask you to do one, actually two favors. The first favor is if you use your smartphone, if you're watching online or uh, through your smartphone, go to my page, a minor detail, if you're, I'm sure you're already there, and click share. We want this podcast to have some reach. Please click share. Share this podcast. Share the hell out of it. Second thing is, is that if you visit a minor detail dot com slash newsletter sign up for the morning newsletter and you know you can get some good maryland news i won't let you down um so with that we have michael feldman he's a progressive activist eric beasley who is one of our co-writers at a minor detail i don't know what eric's official title is frederick county correspondent um chief he is our he is our our bureau chief of all public schools and exposure of exposing we- I like yeah I don't like being categorized just to be fair so uh, yeah. I just you know don't like the government Yeah Eric has a great beard I'm catching up to him So yeah um we have Henry Caligari who will be tonight our in-house legal expert and I'm excited about that cuz Henry you're still the president of the Baltimore is it the Baltimore Democrats young- No I I stepped down as president of the Young Dems a few months ago um partially because of, like you said, that, that legal job, ah. but um, still very active in the county party, secretary of the Central Baltimore County Democratic Club. Okay. And Saria, ben, is it, last name is Ben, right? That's correct. Okay. And tell me what you do. Well, I'm a local activist, entrepreneur. I do some political consultant, and basically I'm into everything. Um a little bit of everything. I like it. I promote. And what I've been doing is a lot of projects. Re- recently, I've been doing a lot of consulting projects. So you kind of will find me a little bit under and behind the weeds uh, when it comes to political and music consulting. So I do, I'm do. i one that does those staging things. And so all of a sudden, you'll see uh, a whole stage. I'm the one who consults on those kind of staging things. Well, we'll, to, we'll talk about weed later. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excellent. Um, it's the immutable Charlotte Oftenbrink, who is now no stranger to the podcast. In fact, she might be, she's a frequent flyer on here. And Charlotte, of course, is the co owner of Dan's Restaurant and Tap House in Boonesboro, Maryland, which I encourage everyone to visit early and often. Charlotte, thanks for coming back and thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I, your your opinion is crucial to all of this, and especially us Washington County. Well, you're not. I don't think you're a native of Washington County. I know I am. You're, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're on the ground figuring out what's going on up there, and some days I right. just don't know. Um, right. Nathan Feldman, who was my mortal enemy two months ago, and now we've, you know, it's funny because um, Nathan and I have gone back and forth and the great thing about me is, is that, you know, I don't hold any grudges. The other day, he comments on my Facebook, and I said, hey, man, can we be friends again? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, sure. All right. And uh, 
but you know, we have diversity of opinion on here. Hey, Nathan, thanks for coming on. And you're a student, right? You're still a student. Yeah, I'm finishing off some graduate school work for a master's in public policy at University of Maryland. Well, use that. Uh, use that degree, man. There's a friend of mine who I see as kind of a mentor who commented to me at one point while I was doing some Palestine advocacy that mm -hmm. in politics, there are no permanent friends and there are no permanent enemies. There are only permanent interests. And well, I'm interested that, in racial wait, justice. That's a hacker's uh, quote. That's not politics. That's from the I, movie I, Hackers. I don't know where it's from. I don't know where it's from. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I'm just quoting him. All right. Um, you, if you don't care about the hackers or whatever that is, I... That's fine, wow. but I don't consider Ryan a permanent enemy. I uh, we have a, like a little frenemy relationship going, and I think it's kind of fun. No, I I agree, and I don't consider you an enemy at all. I I consider you a good friend, who we've just disagreed sometimes, and sometimes. Uh, you got to talk about things, and that's why we have this podcast. Um, Jake Burdett from good old Eastern Shore, who gives Andy Harris hell every chance he gets. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for having me on again, Ryan. You bet. Um, but I do have to put the little disclaimer out there. Everybody assumes I'm from the Eastern Shore. I was a student at Salisbury. You're from University. Howard County. From Howard, and, I, and I'm back in Howard County because okay. I graduated. All right. Um, well, wow. yeah. All but right. Thank you for having me on. You bet, man. All right. So let's get this thing started. So, um, how did this all come about? Well, uh, I introduced the concept of what we're talking about tonight. Mac Love is a former staffer, and I want to make a disclaimer. So, I've known Mac since 2011, I believe, and I first met I first met Mac Love, and you guys are going to laugh at this. I first met Mac Love soon after Dan Bongino called me. And said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to come work on my campaign?" And this was when I was still a Republican, and I was still doing Republican things. And that was back in the day, so nine years ago. I met MacLove, the f and we've I've known him for nine years, um, on and off. And I've and and Mac, when I first met him, I can tell you the guy works hard, he knows politics, and he's a great field operative. Okay, and. I known Mac when I worked. Uh, actually, volunteered is a better word because I was I was a volunteer on David Craig's gubernatorial campaign back in 2013, and Mac was working for that campaign as well with uh, under Paul Ellington and Vinnie Mascarenas. So I've known Mac for a long time, and despite what Mac thinks, I don't have any beef with him. Um, He's made some interesting comments about me, but you know I'm we're, I'm a big boy and I can take it. And I I just want everybody to know um, because I know that Timothy Little seems to think that there's some reason to expose a relationship, and I just want everybody to understand that I don't have any personal animosity or beef with Mac Love. I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with his uh, the his personal politics aimed at President Trump, but as far as a, a squirmish or a beef or some sort of drama between us, folks, it just doesn't exist, uh, and, and that's just the facts of it. So how did all this come about? On, on Friday night, Michael Feldman reached out to me, and he sent me some, some photographs, some uh, screenshots of Mac Love's uh, Facebook profile. So Michael, and I know that some other folks on here began this, and when Michael Feldman reached out to me, I shared the content, so I shared it, right? No editorializing, I shared it. 
it's worthy to share because it is newsworthy. These He is a government employee. He was at the time. Maclove was employed by the governor's office. He was a political appointee. And so anything that they say or do, it has consequences. Okay? And that's just the facts of it. Michael, I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell me what happened and tell me how you got into a discussion on this inside politics group, which is run by um, Timothy Little. Uh, yeah, so I guess a little background. Uh, inside Maryland politics is a Facebook page on Facebook. Um, tends to be frequented predominantly by, I guess we'll say, right-wing or conservative folks. Uh, but I got into an argument with, I guess, the founder of the group, uh, Timothy Little, some months back and uh through the course of like dming each other back and forth ended up becoming friendly uh Mm -hmm. and i joined his facebook group and every so often i'll engage uh with the conservatives on the page um because i do believe in you know having a discourse with each other and and trying to find um places of solidarity or intersectionality between their issues and our issues as someone who's on the left end of the spectrum uh while that being said Uh, I had posted in the group um, that the Kenosha shooter shooter had been arrested uh, and a bunch of screenshots along with that, talking about the whole situation. And, uh, you know, a discussion was being had about this, uh, you know, claims of self-defense and and me refuting that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But then Mr. Love uh, came on the Facebook post and just spammed a bunch of memes all in a row uh, without really contributing to the conversation. And uh, once I saw the content of the memes, um, I immediately uh, was disgusted by it, most of them. Um, what, and what was the content of the, the memes? What I mean, I think most of us have seen it, but if, if you want to rehash that, and I know that some people might find this especially offensive. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them on, on my phone now, and um, I, I, I mean, they're... They're controversial, and I've written that word several times. Some people may agree with them, and I, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, Michael, were you you said you were offended by them? Um, what what was what to you? What was offensive? Uh, I mean, I think what really did it for me, and when it crossed the line from. Uh, you know, having a conversation about whether or not it was self-defense and moved into a realm of honestly bigotry and fascism uh, were a couple specific memes that he posted. Uh, The top two really um, that, you know, made me go in this direction uh, was he posted one meme of a police officer holding two thumbs up and saying that thugs get slugs. Slugs referring to the protesters uh, and the people that were shot that evening. Uh, and then there was another meme that he posted with the third victim of the shooting, uh, whose arm was almost blown off. If you, if you watch the video, yeah. uh, and saying that he had gotten second, second place in a quick drop competition. Yeah. And, what? and just for me, that moved it from we're having an intellectual <laughs> conversation about what happened and whether or not it was self-defense and, you know, some of the other details to your advocating for violence against protesters. And, you know, that's just something I don't tolerate generally. Um, decided to, to type his name into Google, um, saw his LinkedIn page and where he worked, 
Uh, and that's when, you know, I decided that this should be something that, you know, Maryland should be talking about. Oh, it, they are talking about it indeed. Nathan Feldman, you had, I think, some involvement in this. What happened behind the scenes, even though I don't think you were as public, but I, be, I believe when you saw the means, you took action as well. Yeah, so late a few nights ago, uh, Michael messaged me, and just for anyone's clarification, Michael and I have very similar politics, but don't be fooled, we are not related. <laughs> um, but he showed me these memes from this individual. Uh, others included Leonardo DiCaprio uh, laughing with the caption, when you see a, quote, skateboard wielding Antifa chicken shit get smoked by an AR-toting 17-year-old. That's the... Which, yeah... Uh, I could share my screen, maybe. It's a little hard. Um, it's the Leo Capri. He's laughing. Yeah, Leo Capri laughing. Is that from um, Django Unchained? I think so. Yeah. Maybe and, it works, yeah. Oh, uh, one title I will take is the meme expert. Okay. And, and so at that point, I was like, he's not just trying to deliberate on the legality of Rittenhouse's actions. He's making fun of people that just got shot. Um, and as it came later to my attention, he had a history of, for instance, posting on his Facebook page memes that compared bisexuality in children's cartoons to pedophilia. Um, but that wasn't and, discussed in the media. I think I'm the only outlet who covered that. Yeah, I, I think you were. I saw other posts that got found by uh, Delegate Sheila Ruth where he was calling for a Palestinian school to be blown up. And it became clear that this is not just an individual who is concerned for due process for Kyle Rittenhouse. He was not concerned for the due process of all the victims of the shooting. He was actively supportive of their deaths as it appeared based on his online presence um, because he was making fun of them. And at that point, I was like, this is a position where the person is responsible for maintaining a good relationship between the state of Maryland, which represents me, Michael, you, Ryan, everybody else, and the black community, the Middle Eastern community, and others. So I set, took those screenshots and put them in a Google Drive folder. I sent them off to uh, the Baltimore Sun, Maryland Matters. Yeah. And the next morning, I had a conversation with them. Um, one of the Baltimore Sun reporters actually did a quick fact check by double-checking the group. Is and that the Pam Wood? Still, that was Pamela Wood. She's a great the reporter. Posters, the posts were still up at the time. Um and she was like, yeah, this is pretty significant. Wrote the article on it after Maryland Matters came out. Um, and then from there on, it was just pretty much a public beef where Ryan McElwab ended up getting fired from his position. Um, there was the press conference and everything else has been public since. So as soon as I received the memes from Michael and I tweeted them out and posted them on Facebook, I woke up on Saturday morning at about 630, 7 o'clock. Twitter feed was it had hundreds of yeah it had hundreds of messages and I'm thinking what the only time that I've ever had hundreds of messages is when I've tweeted something that was not very nice about Sarah Palin and that was like a long time ago so I I woke up and I said wow I I didn't expect that to overnight Um, and then Saturday morning it exacerbated. It continued down the line. So, um, you know, um, oh, okay. So it looks like, is Michaela coming? 
on? Okay, she's in D.C. No. Okay, all right. No, no worries. Anyway, so Saturday, we it, it, it just kept spiraling. Now, Maryland Matters, Josh Kurtz from MarylandMatters.org, um, another um, fantastic online media outlet, they published a story. They were the first to cover it and put it into print. And then we find out uh, around 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon that Mac Love was fired. And so... We are here today. We're discussing this. He held a press conference Monday. So, Rai, what, um, what was your reaction when you initially saw it? And was the governor or Steve McAdams, who's the director of the governor's uh, community initiatives and outreach, was he right to, to fire Mr. Love as a government employee? Well... To me, yeah, he should have been fired um, just for a lot of reasons. I mean, um, very much like what Nathan was saying, um, it was a clear pattern on his page of hatred. Um, a lot of these Tea Partiers, I, I think part of the problem, um, and I noticed this with Joe Walsh. I mean, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's out of uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. A lot of these Tea Party uh, Republicans, uh, they think that they're fighting for freedom or constitutionality, but really a lot of it is white supremacist myth uh, ideology. And, uh, and the funny thing is that um, they think they're somehow patriots, but they're really not patriots. They're fighting for this, this, this crazy ideology of protectionism. And um, the reality of, of, of what Mac was doing, he just became, it seems like in that post, and, and, and I noticed like just reading some of the, uh, the jargon in some of those memes, he became more incited. And so the memes became more excited and more crazy. And I can only imagine if the victims were black, it would have became more and more racist. It just happened to be that these victims were white and they weren't quote unquote on his side. So it became more political for him. And um, to me, he definitely should have been fired. But I also wonder um, how long was Mac Love in the governor's office having a joke on us, hmm. the public, thinking he was a comedian? How long were Harry Hogan, because I, I, I hold Governor Hogan, I've actually sent him a letter. And, and I know uh, Kiefer Mitchell and a few of the people that work at government administration, I hold them very high and wondering how long was Mac Love and them having jokes on us? Because I understand what goes on behind what? doors. Yeah. Because I've been behind doors. So I want to get to everybody. And let me just interject here. And, and I appreciate that. I'm going to get around to everybody, and we're all going to have a chance to talk and jump into the weeds of this. So I, and I don't know if this has been reported yet, except for myself. So I have talked to Hogan administration officials, and they've talked to me on background. And what that means is that they will not allow me to attribute to their name, but they can talk to me and give me information. And I just want to say this. So for all, all of whom are listening tonight, Mac Love has been warned about this. He has been warned not once but twice but multiple times. And according to my sources inside of state government, he has been warned personally before by the lieutenant governor of Maryland. Mac Love was warned about this, according to two sources who are very, very close to this situation. 
So I can't give you their names, but I will tell you that Mac Love has been warned about his Facebook page multiple times. And I, I wish I had Mac on tonight to talk about that. I invited Mr. Love to come on to the show, and I invited his representative, Gary Collins, who's his spokesperson, uh, to come on. And I was not, I did not receive a response, unfortunately. I'm willing and able to patch anybody through who wants to come on and defend Mr. Love. Charlotte, you watched the press conference that took place Monday in Baltimore City. I did. in front of, a, I believe it was an elementary school. It happened at 5.15 p.m. on Monday, and I, I watched the conference, and it was only maybe 10, 12 minutes long. What did you make of the press conference? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, I would say that the, the, the first thing that, that came to my mind was just, you know, a, a striking lack of accountability. Um really uh, a non-apology apology. Uh, it doesn't seem like there was much, uh, you know, ownership of everything that happened. And that in itself was just atrocious. Um, but I really, I mean, I have seven-year-old twins who don't whine that well. And, you know, it, that was just, it's a, it was an embarrassment, honestly. Um, just, just a sham. And such a, I don't know. I, I mean, I would be embarrassed. If, if I had done that press conference. Were you surprised by the comment uh, that Mr. Love does not regret posting what he did he believes in due process? is? And Charlotte, once you answer that question, I'm going to shift up to Henry Caligari. I'm going to go to Eric Beasley and then to Jake Burdett. Um, but were you surprised by that comment because most of the time when press conferences like that are staged, somebody either makes an announcement, gives some additional news value, or they take ownership and express regret, but they can still express disappointment for being terminated. But Mr. Lovett, this juncture is not taking any responsibility. So it seems, based on what he has said in public, were you surprised by that? I was, um, you know, it just really seemed to be um, a giant pity party. Um, and that really was the full extent of the press conference. And I, and I also, you know, I found it striking that, you know, his, his um, speaking of due process, when, when the memes that he was posting, in fact, were celebrating and glorifying vigilante justice. I, I don't, it's just, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense at all. Well, and just so the, we have the facts, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse last uh, Monday or Tuesday drove across state lines or got across state lines from Illinois into Wisconsin, ended up in Kenosha, and he claimed that it was his quote-unquote job to protect local businesses based upon what was happening in Kenosha. Jacob, 29-year-old Jacob Blake was shot seven times as he was opening his car door. And now he's paralyzed from the waist down. He was, he's a, Jacob Blake is a black man. He was shot by a white police officer. There's going to be multiple investigations. The police officers has, have been placed 
on administrative leave. I can't draw any conclusions because we haven't seen in the the investigation. I, I and I think you can draw your own conclusion, but um, y- you know it's it's something that is very serious topic, and it's something that uh, is going to be heavily debated. What cannot be debated, and I want to make this clear, and this is no bias, but these are the facts that. 17-year-olds in the state of Wisconsin do not have a legal right to parade the streets with a militia group holding an AR-15. They do not have a legal right to do that. That's, there's nothing in Wisconsin state law that says he can do that. Now, Rittenhouse says that he got the gun from a friend in Wisconsin. Whether that's a material mm-hmm. difference or not, I don't know. But I mean, maybe. Vigilante's coming forward. So he he took a gun and he shot two people. He killed, or rather, he shot three. He severely injured one, and two people died as a result of being shot. Okay, he was arrested later, apprehended. I think he's still in Wisconsin, and they're discussing extradition at this juncture on based on everything that I have read he was arrested and charged with multiple crimes including I believe a murder charge so there's this concept there that he was defending himself this was nothing but self-defense however if Kyle Rittenhouse never went across state lines at 17 years old and carried a weapon in the streets when he wasn't supposed to be going, the logic would go that this incident would have never happened. Can we all agree with that? I mean, can we come to a baseline that Kyle Rittenhouse should not have had an AR-15 at 17 years old in the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin? Uh, no. Correct. Okay, I'm going to come to you, Eric, in just a minute. But a 17-year-old does not have a legal right in Wisconsin to carry an AR-15. Henry, I want to back up to Mac Love. Mac Love is claiming that he might file a lawsuit. I haven't heard anything definitive. He said he's talking to lots of lawyers. Break it down. Does Mac Love have a case? Does Maryland, is his First Amendment rights, have they been violated as a political appointee in state government? And if anything, what do you see as a potential case moving forward sure so uh first off employment law is not my focus but just speaking on it very broadly i can tell you if my clients one of them were to go online on facebook and post the kind of things which uh, he did i think that a lot of employers across our state would have reason to potentially terminate i mean especially when you look at the nature of Mac Love's job. I mean, he is the deputy director of the the community outreach programs, which in many cases are helping communities of diverse backgrounds and origin. And you have somebody out there on Facebook who's saying, basically, uh, that if you want to protest on behalf of any cause that fights against systemic racism, that you're a bad person, you're a thug, and that it's going to uh, a reward vigilante justice. You have the the comments and the memes he posted about LGBTQ individuals that are likewise 
I think, very uh, harmful. The point here is if your job is to work with community groups and you're posting on a private Facebook group, but a group that has a lot of members, if you're posting hateful images and memes, to me, that there, there's no grounds for a lawsuit there. To me, there is certainly cause for termination. And also, when you look at these public positions, there is a great degree of, of at-will employment there in, in, in these cabinet-level positions where you are serving both at the pleasure of the governor, but I would argue more broadly at the pleasure of the people, not necessarily from a legal perspective, but this is a public servant. His responsibility is to work with the public. And when you are going online and posting hateful images, memes, whatever, you're violating that trust with people and the public. And I, I do not see a situation where he is uh, successful in a court of law. I would recommend if he doesn't have an attorney to, uh, to get one. I don't believe Mr. Collins is an attorney. There, there is a Gary Collins who was an attorney who has not renewed his license in the state of Maryland. Uh, recently. So he, he would certainly benefit from having somebody watching that press conference. It was not the, as was discussed earlier, it was not the kind of contrition, the sort of remorse that you would expect from somebody who has uh, made a mistake like this. And certainly uh, if I had a client who was in a similar position, uh, my reaction would be either don't talk to the media at all if you're not going to apologize or be open, be transparent and say, uh, understand where, why you were terminated and understand why people are angry and don't take this defensive. I've done nothing wrong. Let's talk about somebody else perspective. Let me ask, let me go down and thank you, Henry. I'm going to come back to you because I have some more legal analysis that I want to extrapolate. Jake Burdett, if you were uh, a friend to Mac Love, what would you have advised him to do? Would you have suggested he hold a press conference or to keep quiet. Uh, there's so many different variables and maybe he wanted to clear his name. Look, there's been incidences in my life where people have said things about me that weren't true. Some of them were true. I mean, some of them, some of the things that I've had in my past are completely true. And I just don't know if I would be able to go. And if I were in some sort of, I guess, some sort of launch to legal activity, I may have kept quiet. And, but then again, I don't know. A younger me, who knows? I was a rebel rouser. I'm, 35, yeah. I'm almost 35, and I, uh, I still can be a rebel rouser. Eric knows that. <laughs> I, I think it all depends on like what his goal here is, but me being an outsider looking in, um, I feel like one of the new things, like a new common grift right now is like, being like oh i'm the person that got canceled because i'm so edgy mm -hmm. um I, i'm this victim and it's like a thing that you can kind of play up and play into and there's a lot of people that want to support people like that so i kind of think that this is just mac trying to make lemons out of lemonade you know play the victim put up a gofundme or give send go which is like a christian gofundme uh, i have it open now He's only raised $1,400, so it hasn't been that successful, luckily. But I, I also want to make the point of, um, while I guess that's good, if, if what the Hogan admin has told you that he has been warned, that is good that they've at least said something to him in the past. But I think it still says a lot mm -hmm. that he's 
worked for the Hogan administration since 2015, basically since the beginning. Um, they've been well aware, not just of his toxic political beliefs, but that he posts it publicly and that even if they did give him a warning, they were OK with having somebody like that serve so high up in the administration even if he did stop posting it publicly, I still think it says a lot that they were okay, that that's how he feels at all. Well, um, again, according to my sources inside of this, the, the administration, I, Mac was warned. Now, I didn't confirm it with the lieutenant governor. I'm going to reach out. But someone very close to the lieutenant governor explained how this went down. I can't go into all the details because there was some <laughs> it's always funny there's there's these times where there's off the record and on the record and on background moments and that gets frustrating when people talk to me but I'm I'm a patient man. Eric Beasley Kyle Rittenhouse is 17 years old. Why is he carrying a weapon? Why is that okay? He could at 17, he could go and fire a machine gun, fire a missile launcher, detonate C4. He'd go to EOD school. He'd go to numerous other training locations through enlisting, and we would give him that ability. We, we could send him to – he could go to Iraq or Afghanistan. Under the guise of the military. Yes, and so, but – Not legally according to state law. And – that doesn't mean the state law is right. I mean, look, California but it's the man. law. I don't like that. I can go out. I don't like wearing a goddamn mask in, 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 in target tonight when I went yeah. birthday shopping for my wife. But if I don't, they're going to toss my ass out onto the ground. What's what is right is not necessarily what is legal. Okay. I mean, think about it. The first ant, the first laws prohibiting open carry were targeting the black Panthers in California. And so, you know, <clears throat> The first laws banning weed were because of institutional racism and justifying large government. Just because it's the law doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. I mean, I'm one of those people. I think that the Second Amendment actually means exactly what it says and mm -hmm. that, 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 that we have an unrestricted right to own firearms. So we can argue about the nuances about it however much you want. That's just my belief. But it's not nuance. Um, it's statutory law. It, it, uh, what, how, when did they repeal the law that you could only beat your wife on courthouse steps on a Sunday morning? I mean, in Maryland, it's a crime to commit adultery. Like, we could go on. Just because something's a law doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. But should a 17-year-old from another state cross lines with the mission to join a local militia while there is racial unrest and then who ends up shooting someone? Was Kyle Rittenhouse trained and proficient? In the in an AR fifteen, uh, I don't know. I okay, don't know what you, exactly. What we can, don't what know. I can, what I can say is that we. How many instances do we have of cops like the NYPD fired at a suspect seventeen times and hit nine bystanders, and the suspect got away? Like just because you have some level of training doesn't necessarily yeah. mean anything. Well, you're putting faith into this seventeen year. Well, okay. Nathan Feldman is very politely raising his finger, and I want to bring him in. <laughs> okay. Nathan, over to you. I might normally be under these circumstances. Uh, this is for you, Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, so we've crossed the line from what is legal to what is moral at this point, I think it's fair <clears> to say <throat> with the commentary that Eric is giving. Um, and what we've got here is a situation where, personally, I think most of the violence in the protesters come, in the protests comes from the cops. But mm -hmm. no matter where you are on the political spectrum, 
whether you're on the far right or the far left, it's been a common theme of the news for months that protests have been turning violent. Um, we've seen it in Portland where we had even the right-wing media putting out pictures of building, buildings burning um, or arson or other forms of violence happening. Um, and so under most situations, um, when you have to take care of fire, you have firemen come in who are under the purview of the state and the regulations of the state who are trained to take care of the fire and the emergency services. When you've got somebody at a protest who gets hurt um, beyond the protest medics who are trying to get people out on the scene itself, you have trained ambulances. Or when you have law enforcement issues, you have police who are organized in a well-regulated uh, law enforcement unit or I guess under the Second Amendment, you could even have a well-regulated militia, which Kyle was not part of, come in to take care of the situation. Kyle Rittenhouse was none of this. Kyle was a 17-year-old who, of his own volition, brought an AR to Wisconsin, increased the lethality of the situation that was happening, and no one else who was present would have any way of knowing that once he had that AR on the ground, he wasn't going to use it. So number one, that's not the question that I was answering. And implicitly, he is increasing the lethality of the situation. And therefore, um, I don't think once you're doing that, that you have a right to self-defense once you're implicitly threatening everyone around you and trying to usurp the cops in terms of what their job actually is to do. So that's all fine and dandy. But the question that I was answering was, should a 17-year-old be able to open carry a firearm? And so, again, I believe that a 17-year-old should be able to open carry a firearm. Maybe maybe in the abstract, sure, but that's not what we have here. That's Well, that's the question that I was answering. You didn't even let me get to the rest of it. Okay. Okay. So let me let me just jump in. Hold on a peck. Let me just jump in a second, and I want to go back to Michael Feldman because I want to, I I I think it's important to have the subtext of the conversation about Kyle Rittenhouse and why this situation in the state of Maryland has happened, and to bring it back to Maryland. This is so crucial. Michael Mac is now he he you you saw the press conference, correct? Uh, I was actually at the press conference in person, yes. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Okay. He had defenders. He had four or five people who came out and talked about his work in the community, his work with African Americans and with the Muslim community. And I don't think it's any secret that Mac Love is really good, and, and this is what people have told me, that he's really, really good at his job, that people really like him and he's built excellent relationships within the community. Now, given that, if someone saw these memes, there's an argument out there that if Mac Mac posted this, he doesn't regret it, he says, but and if someone in the community, let's just say in Baltimore City, saw these memes, a person of color, what, how would Mac be able to defend it and do his job? I mean, so I will note and preface this with, I think that uh, Saria may be able to better answer. Okay. I was going to go to her now. I'm not trying to be mean, but yeah. Um, No, and no offense. I was just, I'm just kind of, I have a a, a virtual order in my mind. (laughs) Go ahead. Why don't, I'll turn it over to you, Saria. He cannot answer that question. He cannot answer that question. Okay. um, um, At all. Um, the reality is that Mac Love can't give any, he cannot give a reason. 
he cannot give. The thing about it is that the only power that Mac had was the power of the office behind him. That's the reason why he has good relations with the community. That's the reason why he has a good name and the so-called good relations with the community was because he had the power of the Hogan office behind him. It's not because he himself, Mac Love. Mac Love is like John Holmes, the porn star. It, it didn't matter what his name was. Hmm. <laughs> Nobody cared about his name. We get porn right now, on our site. In the next People Google our site. And in the next six months... <laughs> Yeah, Nobody's Google, gonna care about what his name is. Google Nobody's John gonna Holmes. care who he is. You know what I'm saying? It, it's not gonna matter who his name is. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, is that once the office is gone, nobody's gonna care who Mac Love is. Is what I'm saying. It, it was about the power of the office, and 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 of course he's gonna have his defenders because part of the issue was that they were all in the Republican Party. So you're going to have different Republicans, just like Kimberly Clasick has got different Republicans supporting her all out, out, of, out of the state. <laughs> None of them are in the state or in the district. Oh, there's a few. But the point of, yeah, but I'm just saying not enough to win. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you, you got to still win. Um, but the point of what I'm trying to say is that he, that was what he had. He had the power to office. So with that power and that backing, it will always make him look but once you don't have the power of the back into that, mm. you're going to see how quick people don't care about Mac Love, Jack Love, Arthur Love, Arthur <laughs> Mac Love, Smokey and the Bandit, and whoever else in his trail. I'm just trying to tell you how it is. They'll throw him, they'll throw him in the trash because once they get to really see what he really thinks about them, they will know exactly what he is. So, Ryan, your your point is uh, is what I think is shared by. A lot of people out there that I've seen on social media to say, how can he continue to effectively do his job when he made these postings? Charlotte, let's bring up a sub point. And I really want to talk about this openly and honestly. A sub one of the the but what abouts of this whole episode is but what about Len Foxwell? But what about Len Foxwell? Thank you. Well, Eric, I well, well uh, I want, I want to go to Charlotte first, but let me just preface this with Lynn Foxwell and I are friends. He's a dear friend of mine. I am not his chief defender, as I have been accused. I don't, uh, you know, the, the ten pen, duck pen site, whatever the hell that is, um, from some unknown guy that it doesn't even matter. I don't know who he is. What um, Barry... Or, or, or Bev Griffin or whatever his name is um, makes some point to say that I'm being hypocritical. Charlotte, when Len Foxwell made his comments back in the spring and it you had every Republican calling for his head to be fired, he worked for, you know, he works for state comptroller. Uh, Peter Franco is his chief of staff. Is it a fair comparison? Is it on the same plane to call for Len Foxwell to be fired based on what his comments were? I think absolutely not. And, and you know, what I saw then and, and I think that we're seeing now is a misrepresentation of what was even said. So, Matt Break it Lund, down. You know, well, I mean, to begin, you know, the, m most of the comment was lighthearted jest. I mean, to the extent that, I mean, I've, I've 
named a drink at my restaurant after some of this because it was just most of it was lighthearted. But at the end, when you're talking about Darwinism and then it's being misinterpreted and misconstrued into things like gassing people or calling for murder, that's not the same. Like that is a complete misrepresentation. It's just intellectually dishonest. Um, to extrapolate something that's actually not there and to attribute meaning that that wasn't there. So I think it's very disingenuous, personally. Well, some, I just think it's an intellectually dishonest thing to do. Somebody else wants to call in, name... Oh, hey, it's Mark McLaren. Hey, hey, everyone. Jesus, the party has started. He just got off of another podcast. How'd that go, man? Well, Gary Collins, of course, chickened out at the last minute. Okay, what was? did you have Mac on? No, no, it was only supposed to be Gary. Max supposedly is uh, on the verge of filing a multi-million dollar lawsuit, so he's not available to speak. Okay, well, <laughs> to that I say I, I will be following it. Mark, Mc, Mark McLaren, who is the political director for, is it the, what is it, S, S? For, Former political director for SCIU. Okay. Now I'm just a full-time political hack. Well, I don't call you a hack, but I'll tell you, my friend, I want to get your, you know, you know Foxwell, right? We're, we're t- we were, yeah. were just jumping in on the, the comparison that they spent, Look, they spent like three minutes on that in the press conference. And that's just- I, thought it, I, thought the, I thought the press conference was about Len Foxwell. Look, I'm, I'm, as much a, I'm as much of a fan of food salad as the next guy, but those apples and oranges being tossed around in there were just a bit much. First of all, there's nothing that Len said. It approaches any of the memes that were posted. I mean, you know, if, if you don't want a slug, don't be a thug. I mean, first of all, we've, we've glossed over the fact of equating thugs to protesters. Thugs are not equated to protesters. Thugs are equated to black men. Let's be clear about what that's about. Hello. When the average American talks about a thug, he doesn't think of the, the mothers joining hands downtown in front of the courthouse. He doesn't think of, you know, a, a, a nose ring, purple haired Birkenstock wearing protester. When the average American thinks of a thug, he thinks of a black man. So when you say if you don't want a slug, don't be a thug. And there's a meme of a cop on it. Be clear that that's racial. OK, that has nothing to do with being soft on protesters. That has everything to do with being hard on black men. And so I just want to. Lay the context for what that was really about. Okay, thank you Hello. for that. I'm going to go back over to Soraya. I'm sorry. I just I just had to give some snaps for oh, that. Oh, okay. He, he, hit the, he, he hit the nail on the head because he definitely was being straight up racist with those yeah. with the memes. I mean, yeah. any person who's black. That's why I said it, it, it was if any black person would see that stuff and just automatically just be like. <laughs> He's just and a straight-up racist. Well, that's and, why. And, and, I, and I, recognize that, I recognize that it's uncomfortable for white people to say, oh, the thug refers to black people, because then the white, black people say, oh, wait a minute. Oh, so now we're thugs. But I'm telling you as a black person, I'm clear about what that meme was referring to and what the context was. And so was he, and so was everyone else. And so I wanted to be sure that that context got laid in, in the context of this conversation. What any of those memes have to do with Len's tongue-in-cheek about about uh, about Darwin's theory of evolution um, or survival. 
apples and oranges. To say, well, one refers to anything approaching the other is ridiculous. And the fact that your only defense, your only defense to, to actually celebrating and laughing at the death, I mean, even if the protester with the skateboard was a, a scumbag Antifa of, of whatever you can think of, he's still dead, you know? And so to, to, to post a meme of Leonardo DiCaprio laughing at that, as if that's something funny, is so far afield from what Len posted. Uh, even Len's post doesn't refer to anyone in particular. It's not talking about, that's why I'm saying we cannot get caught in, 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 in the trap. And this is what the right wing often does. We can't get caught in the trap of letting them equate one thing to another thing. And before we know it, we're too busy defending Lynn to keep them focused on the abhorrent nature of the fact that the guy that's in charge of ethnic commissions in the state of Maryland, the guy that is second in command of the, of the, of the, uh, of the Douglas Tubman Museum, you know, it, it is, is, this, is this virulent racist. We can't fall for the trap of discussing Len Foxwell's comments in that context. They have nothing to do with each other. Well, and so you're saying that it's a false equivalence, but Eric Beasley, you might disagree with that. What does that, what do you think? Should you, you, what, what do you make of that? So what, what part am I supposed to agree or disagree on? Because uh, last uh, I don't I know. Said, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. So I guess, let's see, first off, um, the first thing that I always think about of Thug is, you know, that one actor that's in every like 80s and 90s action flick and always gets killed before the big bad guy does. No, buddy. Like the Euro no. trash ponytail. That's who I always think of. Um, no, you don't. Some, no, you don't. No, okay. That's the, whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> so <laughs> as far as all of this whole like Len Foxwell compared to Mac Love thing. So this is part of the reason why I just don't think there should be a government period or political parties. It's because anytime <laughs> one side finds something to latch onto, they just latch onto it. And then we delve into false equivalencies. And quite frankly, it's a matter of perspective. But what I hear from the conservative people is that what Len Foxwell said was outrageous, that they thought it was him saying that he wanted to gasp people. People on the other side of the spectrum disagree. That's why the system is so broken is because everybody just puts on their partisan blinders and hunches down and then sits around and argues with each other forever. Well, Len's so, a Democrat and other people are Republican. Peter Franchot yeah. is running for governor of the state of Maryland. He's the, the prohibitive front runner at this time. Len Foxwell is on pace to potentially be the next chief of staff to the 62nd governor of the state of Maryland. Oh, he's going to win. I'm not saying he's Who? not. Who is? Uh, Franchot's going to win. Of course he is. Like, that's a shoo-in. Well, I'm just saying, but isn't it convenient to attack Lynn Foxwell because he's the closest political advisor to likely, uh, prohibitively, the next governor of the state of Maryland? Of course it is. That's because it's all a bunch of shady politics, and one side's just going to throw something at the other side, and then we go in this big roundabout circle, and nothing ever gets accomplished okay we see it all that we see it with what? mass look what happened today nancy pelosi goes gets her hair done at a hairdresser and every conservative is raging about it while everything else is shut down in san francisco that's how this works that's how it always works so len foxwell says something mac love says something all that matters is what name is what what letter it is behind your name and that determines who's the most outraged about it and who causes uh, the most trouble. uh henry and then nathan so 
Yeah, so, so to that, what I would say is this. What Len said was, you can, you can debate it all you want, but it did not conflict with the job at hand. When you are the deputy director of the community outreach programs, like Mark said, dealing hand in hand with groups that, I mean, I'm obviously a white guy. I was offended by that. I can only imagine how, when you add, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you see these things online, it's, it's bad. And how can you have any trust with the communities you're working with when you post things like that? Well, that's and, assuming you trust the government, period. Well, regardless of that, I mean, <laughs> I mean we can, the, for, the, for the average person who's working with Mac Love, at, once you see these posts, these things, you, you, you can't possibly work them. The difference <laughs> is with whatever, with, let, let Len post it, you can argue about it all you want. The comptroller is the chief fiscal officer of the state of Maryland. Nothing that Len said contradicts that mission of that office. So I, to me, they are apples and oranges. I can understand that people may not like them, but the spirit of one was a joke. The spirit of the other was the sort of hate-filled memes that have no place with the deputy director of community outreach. What, what, I mean, I know that people, they say that they don't like, the, the Republicans have said they hate the cancel culture, but they want to cancel Len Foxwell. <laughs> that's my point well i'm saying i mean isn't it kind of like a i mean yes there's double standards everybody when lynn foxwell made his statement people came out and said oh my god i mean dirk hair called on lynn foxwell to be fired dirk hair the chairman of the gop of the maryland gop all right so but they hate the cancel culture when it's not con or when it's convenient or they don't hate it when it's convenient it's just, it's a round robin of bullshit. And I just, that's, I mean, I get what your point is, Eric. And I think I do. But I want to go down to Nathan Fellman and then Jake Burdett. Um, Nathan, what do you, what say you? All right. So the first thing I just want to make a brief note about, about Len Foxwell is when he talks about bringing the right-wingers who want to reopen Maryland into a warehouse and letting Darwin work its magic, it's not gassing people that he's talking about. It's the pandemic because yes. there's a pandemic happening. And the reason why the right-wingers who are so outraged can't figure out what he was referring to is because they believe the pandemic is a hoax. So they can't <laughs> understand that the pandemic would kill the right-wingers once they all go into the warehouse. So he's not talking about gassing people. He's talking about like getting people to give the pandemic to each other um, and making fun of them because that's what they want to do by reopening the state. Um, well, we Tawny Catan, I'd like to meet her someday. Um, and now, now the second item that I just wanted to get to is the idea of right-wingers being upset about cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Shooting somebody cancels them. <laughs> For God's sakes. Um, you can't defend shooting somebody. And then on the other hand, say so you're upset about cancel culture. Like, proportionality. <laughs> Matt, Matt can still post on Facebook. All he, right, he, Well, and here's the point, and Jake, maybe you can touch on this, that Mac Love has the freedom to say whatever the hell he wants. Nobody has taken that away from him, right? But here's what I think people should understand is that there are consequences to your speech. If I go out today and I stand on the, the side of the street corner and I yell horrible, evil, racist, nefarious things at people, don't be surprised the next day when the Montgomery County Police 
call my job and say, I'm sorry, but Mr. Miner can't come to work tomorrow because he's being held at the station um, or for whatever reason. Maybe I, I'm just saying that if, if I say something that my boss doesn't like and it's mean and it doesn't align with our, our company's mission and values, he has every right in the state of Maryland to say, I'm sorry, but this thing's not going to work out between us because you and I don't share the same values and beliefs. And that's the thing yeah. is that the state of Maryland, Jake, it, it, you, it's an at-will state. And I got a, a bunch of union folks on here that, likes to, that will protect unions, uh, union rights. And, and, if you're a member. What's that? I said, if you are a member. Yes, <laughs> if you're a member. So, Jake, what do you think? I mean, you, you can say whatever you want in this country, and the government legally cannot stop you from saying it. However, why is it that people think that consequences don't matter? And what's the deal with that? Yeah, so I think it's um, them picking and choosing when they want to use the freedom of speech argument. And, you know, either they genuinely don't know or they're just doing it out of opportunistic reasons. But um, they're acting like freedom of speech protects you from any sort of consequences to your speech at all when really it just protects you from legal actions. And last time I checked, um, they're not trying to throw Mac Love in jail for what he said. No, you know, no. They just fired him, which to my understanding is uh, well within their rights to do so. Um, I mean, you can't go yell. You have freedom of speech, but you can't yell bomb on an airplane. You know, right. every every right has its limits. So um, it sounds like uh, Mac is just mad that he got caught about it. Um, so this is, you know, his way. Good points. Of, uh, I want to move here. I want to tell you how I'm going to move. I'm going to go up to I'm going to go over to Michael and, and then I'm going to go up to Charlotte. I'm going to go over to, to Surya and then Eric and then Henry. And then we'll see where we can go from there. So, Michael, uh, Mac Love says that he did not get due process. That, and then Gary Collins, his spokesperson, who isn't. And by the way, Gary Collins, I don't. You're right, Henry. I don't think he's a lawyer. I don't think he's a PR professional. I'm not sure what he he does. But I mean, okay. I mean, maybe he is. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's he's just a dear friend. And, He's a guy that can choose to speak on his behalf. I don't know how all that went down. But Michael Fell, did did he get due process? Was he denied that? Or did he, what do you think? Uh, I mean, due process, again, implies that a crime was committed. He's being prosecuted. Again, this is an apples and orange, oranges argument. Uh, I will note. Um, attending the press conference that Gary Collins did explicitly state he's not an attorney. He's just uh, Mr. Love's representative. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Charlotte, what um, does that mean? If, if, if let's, let's just say tomorrow that I go through a car wash, I drive my car through a car, our car wash, and somebody walks out in front of my car while it's, you know, getting the sham wow, and then I have to, and then I get sued, I can hire the in you know the indelible Charlotte Often Brink is my representative to speak for me because I might have mush mouth. So is that what's what's what, I I don't understand that. Maybe I'm just naive and stupid, and that's probably the case. But I don't understand what the hell Gary Collins is doing. <laughs> so the way that they phrased it in the press conference, uh, what it sounds like was happening 
is uh, MacLove was uh, encouraged to speak as little as possible, which again, they named in the press mm. conference. I see uh, why. I think that this was a way <laughs> to get across uh, without him actually saying the words and that it's this representative of his. Uh, but, but just to go back to this, this due process thing and to kind of touch on something you mentioned before, um, one, I will say that we are a right to fire state, not a right to work state. I don't like that language. Um, and that being said, the, the allegory to the corporations, like if you are, if you have codes of conduct that you have to follow as a private citizen working at a private company, um, that should, in theory, pale in comparison to you being a public official on the public taxpayer payroll. Um, and that if we expect, you know, me, I mean, I had a code of contact when I worked at jewelry stores, when I was in sales, and it was on and off the sales floor, how you act and how you conduct yourself mattered. And if you uh, conducted yourself that was in ways unbecoming of the job <clears throat> that you had, whether that was working at Target or selling diamond engagement rings, you could be fired for that. Uh, and I think that if that holds true in private companies, and you know, retail and food service and all these other industries, then by all means, if yeah. no other place, it should matter. It should matter for those in public service. Yeah, good point. Charlotte, let me ask you this. People have said that the, they've, they've said that the governor, uh, this is the, the defenders of Mr. Love, the governor is wrong. He's a tyrant, liberal, liberal Larry. I think that there's a whole panel full of people who would argue that Larry Hogan is not a liberal, uh, that he is as far as, you know, nobody considers Larry Hogan on this panel. Maybe Eric, a liberal. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. No, I don't think he's a liberal. I just think yeah. he's useless. Well, okay. Uh, but... They're, they're throwing out all kinds of things in accusations like, well, Larry Hogan is not a Trump supporter. Larry Hogan is not. Let me just say that Mac Love worked for the Hogan campaign back in 2014. Mac Love, every time I have talked to him, has praised Larry Hogan. Right. I mean, that's why is it now a grand conspiracy that Larry Hogan is now out to get Mac Love? Because I've seen comments where this has not only been suggested, but this is now the running conspiracy, just like QAnon. There's people out here believe that, and I, maybe well, I'm not having those people on this show. <laughs> Charlotte, over to you. <laughs> I, I mean, I just think that that's, that's convenient. It, it's a much more convenient thing to say that than, than to actually have a discussion. I think it's pretty much it's it's pretty much that simple. Yeah, I, I it's easy to yeah, yeah Mark. It's blaming. No, I, it's, just, it's shit blame shifting. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to add in. Go ahead, Charlotte. No, I it's just I think it's blame shifting, and I think it's deflection, and I think what it what it comes down to in the end is these are just all convenient strategies to. To again to remove accountability. One more point, and I'll go to Mark, and then I want to go back to Ms. Ben, who is on fire tonight, and then up to Eric Beasley. But one more point, Charlotte, you're a business owner. You employ people. You sign their paychecks. You go through interviews. You have an HR department, and I've seen this because I've been one of the fortunate people to be in the back office of. Uh, <laughs> you know, my wife and I came over, and 
Dan's Tap House, folks. Dan's Tap House in Boonesboro is the best. Banana you, Moon Pie. Yeah, Banana you, Moon you, Pie. You, you have are, to. Are, are, are they paying us money for sponsorships? No, I promise. This is just me personally saying that I love Dan's Tap House. Charlotte, if someone made a comment that was counter to Dan's Restaurant and Tap House's values, what kind of due process would they receive? What would you do as a business owner if someone posted the same memes as Mac Love? That's incompatible with employment in my establishment. And what would you say to that employee? You know, I mean, to to get down to it, I mean, Maryland is an at-will state, or for us it is. And I would say, you know, I'm very sorry, but your views are not compatible with the values that we hold. So you can, and essentially you can terminate their employment. They don't, they don't have a contract and say, I'm sorry, it's not working out. But would you give that person a chance to explain themselves? Um, when it comes to flagrant racism and hate, absolutely not. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I want to go to Ms. Ben. She is on fire tonight. What do you say? What do you think about that? This concept of you know, they want to file a lawsuit, right? Okay. What are the grounds for the lawsuit? Sure. Was Mac Love's speech, the question will be, was Mac Love's speech infringed by government? What do you think? Well, like Vince's crab shop, who lost all his customers, you could say anything you want to say, but you could also pay the consequences. You're okay. fired. He's, I mean, it's just that simple. Um, he, he can he can file that lawsuit and get laughed at a court. And that's what's going to happen with him. He's going to get laughed at a court. Um, be, that's the funny thing about uh, Republicans in the state. Um, they don't really fight for those right to, you know, those right to work. I think the union always wants certain things and they always fight against the union for these types of deals. And they're like, no, let's do the at will and. We want to always fight those things, a lot of things that the union wants, right? And then what's he doing? He's crying. He's crying for the very thing he wants to sue for. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. Man. Well, here, here, here's the thing. As, yeah. as, as someone, as, as, a, as, as a union guy, let me tell you, I'm at a unique crossroads here because, first of all, yes, if you were in a union, there are all kinds of things in the contract about progressive discipline and all the rest of that. But ironically, Republicans hate unions. So I don't know why you want to invoke union protections for your job when you get in trouble. Because He's in management. my to, to, right to my not that's what I'm saying. But so so if you go from if you go from no union protections, then you also add in the <clears> fact that look, I've worked in politics for 25 years. I've been a political appointee twice. If there is any job. Where you are, where you are like a three dollar whore, you serve at the pleasure, okay? When your service no longer pleases, you're gone. It's just that simple. You can get fired from a job like that because you know well, you didn't properly stand in genuflect when the chief executive walked. I want to make a point to there that. Are not any protections. Let's make a point, and then I want to go to Jake, and then Henry, and then Eric, my late friend, Eric's late friend, Joe Stefan was fired. You guys remember this story. Joe yes. Stefan, the Prince of Darkness, who worked in the uh, in Bob Ehrlich's administration back in, two, I think, 2003 to six. Joe yeah. Stefan was 
said to wear a trench coat, walk through the halls of government of the second floor or in the halls of wherever government department, and he would fire people. It, yep. For whatever reason, it got out of hand, and there was some things that happened, and I'm going to rep- – I still have the interview that I did with Joe Steffen before he died, and it was one of the best that I've ever done, and this was when I just starting the show. And I, I got to tell you, Joe Steffen said it right there. I was a political appointee, and I could be fired yes. for whatever the hell the governor wanted to fire me for. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. And in turn, he worked against Bob Ehrlich, and he worked against Larry Hogan. And, but the fact is, is that he was a political appointee. Henry, or Jake, let me go to Jake for, Jake, make, you, you have, I think you have a point, and I want yeah. you to make it um, as clear as possible. Yeah, okay, so uh, I wanted to hear from, like, the other panelists what their thoughts on, like, how much blame should we put on Hogan himself, considering that this guy was appointed for Hogan, even if Hogan did end up firing him in 2020, he still worked for him for five years after they knew that he held these political opinions, even if they did give him warnings. To me, that shows their problem wasn't that he had those views in the first place, but more that he was making them public. So it seemed more like a PR move from the Hogan administration rather than uh, a genuine like anti-hatred or anti-racism or anti-celebrating, uh, you know, murder. Are you leftists. satisfied, Jake, with the Hogan state with with Hogan's administration's statement from from his press people? Are you satisfied with that? Um, I don't know if I've read like the exact statement that you're thinking of or that you're referring to, um, but it's more of like I don't know what what he could have possibly said to explain or excuse why they were why they allowed that for for the past five years well i don't i mean i know that he has been warned and i know that he has been told so let me go i'm going to go to henry and then down to michael feldman uh henry what say you sure so i'm just reiterating a lot of the points that people have made before but there is again there's a fundamental public trust and i've used that word before because i think that is really crucial here that we have to remember that government works for the people that's their job the role is that you're the public servants and that's why it's so easy to be fired from these positions it's why if you're in a political appointee you should be able to be if your actions your words break that trust and to briefly just mention that the kind of the cancel culture point i mean what the way i see it is this You've got a lot of people who, by and large, want to be able to say whatever they want to say without repercussions. That's that is what I see when people who claim cancel culture they don't want to take accountability for getting called out by somebody for saying something. And to me, that that's the lack of personal responsibility point here. No one is saying you're going to get arrested by the Baltimore City Police Department if you say something offensive, but you can absolutely face repercussions in your job in your personal life. I mean, when I represent clients who are going through uh, either a family law case, a personal injury case, I tell them very clearly, you know, you may have all kinds of wacky beliefs. And if you go out and say them, it can impact your case. We don't live in a world where you can say whatever you want without people noticing, without people caring. And you know what, if you say something in this case, if you are taught, if you're, if you're being glib about the death of people in Wisconsin, death of protesters, if you're being glue about that, 
you deserve repercussions. You deserve to be canceled, in my opinion. But isn't that what Len Foxwell said? Was he glib about? No, I think that I think that Nathan made a very good point here. Is it was about it was a joke about applying the principles that the reopen protesters were advocating for. They were saying, mm-hmm. "Well, I think everything is safe. Everything is fine and perfect. We should reopen." Well, okay, then you know you guys can all hang out together. Okay, because that's me, what some of the well, hold on, hold on. We we I have a I have a a rotating no. wheel. Nathan, and then Eric. Nathan, you had pinged on the group chat. I may. Um, <laughs> I'll let Eric go first. Okay. Oh, you guys, you guys just want to get angry. <laughs> That's cool. Some debate here, yes. I, I your, st- your head is delicious. I ain't stop it until this turns into Hannity. That's the rule. No. <laughs> I miss Combs. <laughs> no, but some of the things that like some of the things that Mac Love and other people that share those exact same beliefs have posted are pretty glib. Like um, I've seen memes like, "Oh, you wanted to defund the police? Well, then this is how communities have to protect themselves." That's the it's a glib comment in the exact same theme that Len Foxwell made. Again, your level of outrage is determined by your political party for no. either one. Okay. He was making fun of people who died. Try again. Both of. Both of them were. Nathan, your response to... No one died. So my comment was about Larry Hogan. Yeah. But just very briefly about Eric's statement, Len Foxwell wasn't making fun of anyone who died. He was making people whose public policy prescriptions would lead to themselves dying. Yes. Um, That's what the difference is. Are are Um, we a right to die state? Like, that's a thing now, isn't it? There's a big difference between a humane euthanasia policy debate versus trying to create policies that will kill yourself in a pandemic. And that will impact everybody else. Well, that was glib glib in case you didn't pick up on that. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I I sometimes can't tell with what you've been saying so far, but um, back to the point about Larry Hogan. I I said at the Uh, beginning, don't take anything I say seriously. I have the floor. Back to my point about Larry Hogan. there's a statement that Elizabeth Warren has made a lot, which is personnel is policy. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a public facing like PR position like this for the administration, where you're like, you're the guy who is managing the state government's relationships with communities like the black community or the Middle Eastern community or handling like these ceremonies. If your view as the PR guy is that we should have blown up a Palestinian school in 2009, if your view as that person is that these people deserve to be shot. That is the policy of your office because your job is public relations and to give the view of the state agency that you're representing. That So when the people fired him, when Matt McAdams fired him and said, these views are not representative of the views of our office. No, they were the views of the office. And by extension, they were the views of Governor Hogan because Hogan hired these people and that's a fair point. Hogan, and the fact that Hogan let his underlings handle it, his PR woman and McAdams, and he has not commented as of yet, as I've seen, is the most cowardly move I've seen uh, from the it, Hogan administration yet. Michael, that's what I have to say about Hogan. To, to Michael Feldman, um, follow up on what Nathan just said. Yeah, so this really touches on uh, kind of Jake's initial comments and your question and Nathan's comments. Um, in that I'll be honest with you, when the uh, different Maryland delegates first started picking this up, mm-hmm. uh, I was a little irritated <laughs> because I found it really interesting that they would take this pot shot and jump on the bandwagon when we still haven't had mm. a special session 
to deal with labor and police brutality and where where all of this originally started to be clear um that being said uh, i do think that hogan's statement and and to nathan's point he did not personally make a statement is woefully inefficient uh, especially in light of, of you letting us know that these are conversations that have happened before. And when you take not only that he's been reprimanded for this specifically before, but that these kind of posts go all the way back to 2009, uh, one of the posts that was originally found by Delegate Sheila Ruth that was hmm. talking about bombing the Palestinian schools. Um, th- this is a well-established pattern of behavior for well over a decade and for the Hogan administration to know that this is happening and to only really have a problem with it when they get called out in the national media is a problem and for his PR representative to make a quick two-sentence statement about of course we agree with his firing is again woefully insufficient and he should comment very specifically on this and further explain why, especially if this person was reprimanded for these exact issues before, that he was allowed to continue in that role for however long after those reprimands occurred? Um, it, a fair point. Um, who wants to take it from here? <laughs> I sense that we, we've discussed so much tonight about the process, the procedure, what happened, Maybe what happens next, I don't know. Mark, you said that they canceled because Mac Love is busy this evening. He was supposed to come on a podcast tonight, Gary Collins, correct? Yes, Gary was supposed to be on at, at 7 o'clock. On Hassan's podcast? hmm Okay, and he didn't do, well, okay. Um, no, he, he literally canceled at like 6.50. Okay. I imagine, said something oh, that's, that's, I imagine that Mac got an attorney and that attorney probably told this spokesman guy to not do it because that's yeah. the kind of thing which you know you get somebody who's who's a friend to go and uh, be a talking uh, you know a, a puppet for you it's not going to end well so surreal what do you think what's your thoughts um just kind of to wrap up one one thing because i, I just had a thought a couple things i right. went on that defundmac.com and i noticed how he was using um defund the community <laughs> pictures yeah, uh, defund or not defund. I'm sorry. That's crazy. That's good. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. right. It did. It's firing defunded him, right? Um, defendmag.com. I noticed that he was using some of those community pictures that he had taken as um, obviously clearly as his PR work, and he was using them on this Christian. Um, fundraising site and I was just thinking you know all this violence and these memes how Christian of him and 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 I was just thinking about how he was using these little black kids and how and when I was looking at the picture this little black girl she was not that happy being next to Mr. Mac one but further I was also thinking how you know all through this whole situation even when Michael was talking about how certain delegates were jumping on this how they didn't jump on to actually go against other delegates who have done some other stuff <clears throat> that they could have actually gotten out of the delegates. Like whom? You know, and, um, Mary, 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 Mary Ann Lasanti. Huh? Call Mary out. who? 
Yes, little Mary went through the woods. I'm just saying, and it's not only her. She's not, I mean, I'm saying her because she's really not doing my area well. And there's a whole lot of delegates that are not doing our area well. Because we have a whole lot of delegates right now in the middle of our crisis that are not doing very, not doing very good. But I'm just saying in general, there were a whole lot of targets he could have went after besides Lynn Foxwell. To me, that was a cop out. I mean, well, there's well, a whole lot of people, well, you know, that he could have went well, for. Okay. What's, what's, partic what's particularly telling to me that he knows there's a racial context to this is that if you go to the website, savemacthedouchecanoe.com or whatever it is, if you go to that website, and I will admit I've gone, but only out of a morbid sense of curiosity, if you go to his <laughs> website, every single picture on there is of him with black people. They didn't exactly. even bother to include... <laughs> They didn't even bother to include a Latina or an Asian Pacific Islander. It's all him and black people. Okay. Exactly. So that should, that should tell you if he thinks, if in his mind, the issue is him plaintively advocating for the due process rights of Kyle Rittenhouse, then why the hell is your defense website all about you and black people? Uh, on you know, I mean, you, you've given your own self away. There's, so, I'm just reading some of these donation comments. The madness of cancel culture has to stop. Free oh, speech is oh. a culture that we must defend. Free speech is the foundation of our country. I think we've covered the speech argument. I think it's going to be very difficult for an attorney uh, to... Uh, oh, Delegate Dan Cox. Listen, keep smiling and speaking for, for freedom. Marylanders support you, okay? So can I say one last thing about the press conference? And that is, if you are going to have Save Mac t-shirts of people, you should have more than one. And if you only have one, you shouldn't be the one wearing it. Okay? Can, I, can I mention that there was a, that's a, that's a point, but, and I'm not making light of this, but there's an, there's an anonymous donor who literally posted zero dollars. I'm sorry, that's like, that's kind of funny. Like I'm not, I'm not, but somebody literally took the time to post zero dollars. Um, I mean, that's kind of a troll, right? I mean, I mean yeah. we're not advocating for you to do that. Yeah, but yeah. we're just saying that it's an option. Uh, let's let's um let as we wrap up. It's nine thirty, and I'm hungry. Um, let's um let's let's go around round robin, and I'll I'll take the last word if y'all don't mind. So um. In my top corner is um, tonight's provocateur and the um, uh, oh, who was the middle child in the Brady Jan Brady of the of the bunch here, um, Eric. What uh, what are your final thoughts? Uh, let's see. Final thought thoughts. Um, all gun laws are an infringement. Um, Larry Hogan should just continue firing the rest of the state staff until we don't have a state government. Uh, we don't need it. It's a waste of money. Um, oh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> basically, like, I look forward to more partisan based outrage over whatever stupid things are going to happen for the next two years as everybody postures to elect a Democrat governor. Okay. Henry Caligari, our expert legal analysis tonight. And Henry, you you made some excellent points. Uh, you kept us grounded in the law. What are your final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are that uh, you 
post dumb stuff that's that's hurtful and racist on the internet, you're going to pay a price for it. Whether you work for the government, whether you are one of my clients, if that's the case, don't do it and don't contact me to be your attorney if you do, because he's not winning any case here. He, he's he's got very little shot under the law. Best thing the guy can do is is stop trying to uh, raise money for himself to try to profit off this and. You know, for, for those who complain about cancel culture, all I'd say is, you know, have a little bit of empathy and think about how what your actions do impacts other people. Because I think had MacLove sat back for five seconds and thought, how is this going to make how, how is it going to impact human beings who don't necessarily agree with me on everything? He wouldn't have done it. And, and I think we can all use more of that in our day to day lives and certainly people who uh, are, are nut jobs like him. Um, Nathan Feldman, what are your final thoughts and first time on the panel thanks and i hope you come back whenever you want okay i'll take you up um, on that don't be a thug if you can't take a slug that was that's a racist. that's a meme that was posted under mac love's facebook account and by the way his facebook account i think has disappeared right i don't think any of us can find it um, so, no. okay, no. let's go over to Charlotte for final thoughts. Oh my, <laughs> well, no I pressure. <laughs> yeah, right. I think, I think something that I've thought a lot about, um, since all of this broke was just really the fact that Mac love seems to be in many ways, a symptom for a larger problem, um, which is that a lot of this hatefulness is kind of embedded and it's across different layers of government. I mean, it's exemplified by our president, but it really goes down the line. I mean, I've dealt with some of this on a local level, um, memes, uh, encouraging hate, um, encouraging violence from, from a party that claims to be the party of law and order. And I'm, I'm not, you know, specifically trying to politicize it, but it, in my experience thus far, I'm seeing a lot of that, that this is a representation of, of a much larger problem, a much more um, embedded and systemic problem. Charlotte, um, is Mac Love the, the Tim Hafer of Washington County? Uh, the, the, I, I think it was uh, Ray Folds. Uh, I was going to say that Tim, ha- Tim Hafer is now the, the, he's the gun shop owner who oh, made... Oh, yes, yes. Well, I mean, that I'm working on this story was not is yes, but Tim Hafer is not a um, not a public official, but he does have a responsibility as a business owner. He does. He does. He absolutely does. I would more compare him, Mac Love, to to the Ray Foltz's and the Jerry DeWolf types, if if it were me, just Uh, if I were comparing the responsibility to represent, um, you know, in an official capacity. And and posting those sort of things—that's what it seems like to me. Well, I, but to, that is that is atrocious as well. Uh, let's see who's next. Michael Feldman, and thank you, Charlotte. Uh, Michael Feldman, what's your final thoughts on the man who, you know, in in, in joint efforts, kind of kicked this whole thing off? Uh, I mean, my initial thought was surprise at, at how much this has blown up. Yeah. Um, you didn't think it would? No, I mean, I, I, I figured that it would. Um, but I mean, it got picked up by the AP. I saw it in a British newspaper. Like, this is absolutely mm. real. 
uh, the amount of coverage that something like this has gotten. But, but that being said, um, as far as my final thoughts here, um, one, I'd like the state legislature to stop posturing and throwing pot shots at Hogan, justified as they may be. Call a special session, deal with police brutality, and repeal Leopold. Uh, I would like Hogan to make a much more direct statement from him, not from his PR, explaining not only how this hasn't happened sooner, but how he was able to stay on the payroll for four years after at least one conversation about this pattern of behavior. Uh, and to Mac Love himself, if you have fascist views, you have the right to freedom of speech, but you do not have the freedom from consequences. And any other fascist that would like to say things like this, we will find you. And if we can get you fired, we will. Okay. Um, Soraya Bean. Um, ben, I'm sorry. I butchered your name, and I'm tired. And I'm, but it's, it's, I shouldn't do that because I have an obligation to, to get it right. But you are also a first-timer on a Minor Detail podcast, and I would love to do an individual podcast with you, and we can talk about what the hell is happening north of Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore, Hartford County, because, you know, I live in Hartford. But I Cecil, have you been up to there? Whew. Yeah, I actually, I do a lot in Cecil, too, believe it or not. I'm on a couple boards up in there, so, I mean, I'm everywhere. I'm going to get Alan I'm McCarthy everywhere. on here. Okay, all right. Um, just my final word is that I do believe we need answers from the governor because I believe he has political aspirations. And I think if he has political aspirations, he's definitely going to need a black vote. And if he wants the black vote, he's definitely going to have to answer for why Arthur Mac Love sat in that office talking away and doing the way he was doing. And I believe he's been doing that for a long time. And I don't want the cover that he was undercover of Lieutenant Governor, former Lieutenant Governor uh, Steele. That's not a good excuse because guess what? He might have acted differently under him. I want you to answer to us. I'm tired of people hiding behind people. We're tired. It's 2020. I don't want to hear that anymore. It's time for you to step up, have some courage, and come out behind that mic and step up and be real because you've done a whole lot of hiding, sir. Another thing I want to hear from you, I'm on a work group for evictions and foreclosure. People need some realness. That little executive order that Trump did, that's not real because it's not real. <laughs> it's not real. We need you to step up. We need General Assembly to step up and stop playing around. Marylanders need a real plan. What they just then did with the CDC, that is not a real plan. Stop playing. We also need the abort, repeal, and a whole lot of other stuff. But we need you guys to get the work. You guys did a month of work. You get a full check. There are a whole lot of people who are suffering. Saria Ben signing out. The people's champ. Left, right. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> oh, well, hang on. Um, who hasn't gone? Jake Burdett and Mark. They haven't Me. gone. Yeah, so I'll give, I'll give Mark the final group because he came in last. So, Jake, um, what do you think? What do you, how do you yeah, sum well, up this, this, this very topical conversation? Yeah, I think everybody else has uh, taken a lot of the words from my mouth. But the point I want to make is all of those uh, really principled free speech warriors on the right who are really upset about what's happening to Mac Love, if you care so much about free speech, I really look forward to working with you to oppose attacks on free speech in the form of advocating 
for Palestinian rights, advocating for <laughs> nonviolent boycotts um, and forms of protest like BDS, which here in the state of Maryland, we have an anti-BDS law. So if you truly care about free speech like you claim, please work with uh, Palestinian activists to overturn that anti-BDS law. In Maryland, uh, I encourage you to help with uh, Saqib Ali and his lawsuit against the state. Go to freedomtoboycottmd.com. That's the number two, freedomtoboycottmd.com. Look really forward to seeing all these right-wing uh, free speech warriors helping with that and uh, other uh, attempts to uh, punish Palestinian activism on college campuses as well. Okay, final thoughts from uh, from Jake, and then over to you, my friend Mark McLaren, who has so, a, a, a lot to say. <laughs> you know, I'm very reticent to speak, but however, <laughs> so this is my concern. My concerns, honestly, with Mac Love go well beyond what he put on Facebook. I mean, this guy is literally like, blanking on the name of the guy that was the was it Dan White, the supervisor in San Francisco that killed Harvey Milk. I mean this guy, if you saw him on the on on his on his press conference, I mean between his his jittery hands and his sweating and his bulged out eyeballs, either he was having some of the same good Colombian white that um that uh that Donald Trump and Kimberly Guilfoyle had before their speeches or he's got some mental stuff going on, okay? And so I think that, 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 that in addition to losing his job, the question ought to be, why did they keep somebody who's clearly not well around as long as they did? And so, you know, as Ricky used to tell Lucy, Larry, you got some explaining to do. Well, how, how long was this guy was supposed to sit there like that? So thank you for the opportunity, Ryan, to be on, and I'm sorry I was late. No, no, I'm glad you came on, uh, Mark. Your opinion is very vital to this open discussion and panel. Um, and some people have asked me how I choose the panel, and honestly, it it takes a little bit of work, and I reach out to people who are have a diversity of opinion and who are from all over the state. And again, I want to reinforce this concept that this panel – is the free speech zone. We could say whatever we want. Um, how, and I do want to say again, I want to reiterate my point that I invited Mac Loves himself. I invited Gary Collins, and I invited uh, a few of Mac Loves supporters. to. And I've, I've reached out to them. I explained how this process would work, that I would be moderating it, that you know, you're not going to get beat up, but there's, a, uh, there's some panelists that have some serious questions. One panelist almost came on, and I don't know what happened to Timothy Little. We, I don't know if he was supposed to come on. Or, oh. Yeah, well. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would have him on at any time, and if he wants to come on, he can come on. That's fine. I don't mind it. I mean, we're, I, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be above board. And Charlotte, you wanted to say one more thing. I, did, I just, as we were talking about all of this, and I was just thinking about it, like, again, taking politics out and everything else and just thinking about it on a human level. Um, what Mark said, it kind of spoke to me when he said, oh, there might be some added stuff in the mix for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it really seems to me that that there's there's also some things that are missing just on the level of human empathy for him. Because I'm recalling one of the things he said in this press conference, and he said, I just want my life back. And <laughs> what a tone deaf thing to say. <laughs> 
celebrating the yeah. long life that you put on there as a good thing. I just, that is, that's just, that's really sad. That is a, a striking lack of empathy, yeah. just on a human level. And when your position is to serve a community and have empathy and compassion, and you're whining about you wanting your life back when you're celebrating loss of life, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, I think there's one more comment to be made, and thank you for making that point, Charlotte. Nathan, did you want to, as, as a first-timer, I think I'll give you a little bit more liberal flexibility here. <laughs> You know, as an obscure liberal blogger and podcaster, I will give you the uh, the <laughs> final thought. <laughs> as, as somebody a little bit less liberal, I'll take all the liberal flexibility I can get. Um, so just a little bit of funny little details about that Facebook group. Some minor detail. Um, a little minor detail. Mm. So the morning when I was on the phone with Pamela Wood of the Baltimore Sun, she joined that Facebook group, which had all the screenshots where Mac Love was posting his memes. And... After she joined that group, they posted like this big glowing thing about we are proud to have 500 members, and somehow it's Pamela Wood of the Baltimore Sun, and we're so proud to have her. Welcome! And then three hours later, three hours later, in the same group, the same admin posts, yeah, come to a new rule in this group that doxing or publicly posting things people share in here is not to be allowed, even though they hadn't kicked out Pamela yet. So like they're celebrating, <laughs> so literally three hours after they're celebrating the journalist who literally just made the article about the guy in the group. I um, think that like, Timothy Little is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He never um, has been. And within about forty hours of that, uh, I have since been kicked out of the group. I don't know why. Oh. Um, I don't join I groups because I know I'll get kicked out of them. That's why I don't. Know. They canceled me. Um, they canceled. I, I, yeah, I, I cancel. Here. Yeah, cancel Ryan. Can I? Timothy would have come onto the group onto this podcast because I would have accepted an apology from him, uh, but unfortunately that didn't happen. Hey Feldman, uh, Nathan, and maybe the other Feldman, if you go. I, I expect tomorrow a press conference in Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, to you got to sometimes get up to the western part, uh, and I want I want the I want Michael Feldman to be your spokesperson. Okay, and we can talk about getting thrown out of the Inside Maryland Politics Facebook group, and I think <laughs> that, and I think that uh, that Michael, Fe or rather, I think that Timothy Little is is really angling to be a Barry O'Connell, and nobody can be Barry O'Connell except Barry O'Connell. <laughs> yeah. Is there time to get a T-shirt made? I just need one. Is yeah. there time to get a T-shirt made? Well, I only need one. Well, look, folks who've hung in here with us for an hour and 45 minutes, that is uh, more than my intention span could hold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. And here are my final thoughts, just as the moderator. I opened this show by saying that I've known Mac Love for, for nine years. I know, and, and I know him, I think I've known him for I, I, I pretty well, um, not as well as some people, but I knew him, I worked closely with him in close proximity, I've feel, you know, he and I have talked on the phone probably at least 25, 50 times, maybe more, in a lifetime um, in, you know, almost a decade ago. I've never once heard him espouse a single racist view when I was around him, and I've always known him to be a, a good guy to me. He was, he's been nothing but pleasant to my wife and I. And 
People change over time, and I have seen the evolution of Mac Love's Facebook page. And you can make of it whatever you, whatever you will, whether it's, you know, you're Republican, Democrat, but I have seen a, a noticeable change in what he has posted. I can only speak to my personal relationship with Mac, and I can say that he has, he's back when I knew him a little bit better and talked to him more routinely, that I considered him a friend. And there's been no falling out with between us. I don't know why he thinks that, but I just, I, I, I wish Mac the best. It sucks to be fired. It really sucks to, I've been there. I've been, I have made mistakes that have been public and they are, they are, they're embarrassing. The difference is that I think is that in my mistakes, when I knew that I was clearly wrong, and I've learned this early on, and I've suffered many hard lessons. I'm talking about I have been thrown cold water in my face more times than you can count. And I've, I think I've developed a sense of humility. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I will own that, and I will tell you when I'm wrong. And if I'm even sometimes in being a married man, I will tell you that I'm wrong even if I'm not wrong. So I can tell you right now that if, if I were advising Mac, I would just tell him to be cognizant of people around you who are giving you advice. Don't let anybody profit off of this. And now you've got to take care of yourself because the first and foremost goal is that somebody you've, you need to make a living. You need to support yourself. And, uh, <laughs> Brian, you're profiting off of this. <laughs> no, I promise I'm not. Uh, w what I will say is that I, I don't want Mac Love to be forever unemployed, and I want him to go on and define his success. But first, he's got to deal with this. And an employer looking on the Internet down the road, that's going to be a tough journey. I've been there. I've, I have said some of the stupidest things in my lifetime back in college, and it still to this day comes back, and it bites me in the ass. And then when you say, look, I made these mistakes, and I'm sorry, I don't believe that, people still have a hesitancy to say, well, I don't know if I believe you. And, it's, and that's hard. It's really, really hard. But I think that everybody deserves a second chance, and so does Mac Love. I just hope that he doesn't go out and do any more press conferences, and I mean that. Don't, don't, Mac, if you're watching this, and I mean this, don't talk to the media anymore. Be and, and go to rehab before your Cobra runs out. Okay. Next. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to end on a positive note. To spend this. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> okay. But I will say this to panelists. Your time tonight is valued. I sincerely appreciate you. I thank you so much for your time. And for anybody else who's watching this, I can tell, um, feedback is important you can email me at ryan at a minor detail dot com and then i will forward them to eric so that he can find out uh yeah <laughs> you know yeah, it, I, I love those emails and i'll say should i'll forward it to eric and i say should i respond to this in 99 percent, eric's like don't respond to this because we've gotten some doozies um and send them to feldman so he can dox you i will send them to the feldman so that they can put it out there but this is an important discussion. I hope you all decide to come back on the web at a minor detail.com is where you can find some, I think, um, you know, despite what, um, what, what, uh, Bev Bickle, Bev, uh, Griffendorf from 10pen.org says, um, we do some, he, he's a Hufflepuff. Let's be honest. So Bev Griffendorf, um, from 10duckpens.com or bowling alley sleuth.com. 
Uh, we do some re- we do some real journalism here, and I want to tell you that it's it's a labor of love. And we, we do it honestly and fairly. And I can promise you that if you come on this show, you're going to get a fair shake. And I mean that. You will always get a fair shake on this. And as much as people want to dismiss a Minor Detail podcast, two years ago maybe, but they can't dismiss us no more. Look, if you're worried about being gigged up on, I'll just let Ryan know and I'll show up. So, a minordetail.com. This, this, this post will be up. Ryan, if Eric is showing up, let me know so I can dunk on him. Well, you, <laughs> see, this this is a good. We've got a good sense of humor here. So, um, the next meetup should be. Um, we can do it socially distanced. The next meetup and podcast panel should be at Dan's Restaurant and Tap House in Boonesboro, yes. Maryland. And while you're there, we can even go down the street just a, 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 a two or three miles. And we should get some Scrapple that I made Charlotte try for, like, the first time ever. And I saw her face and reaction. It was the same disgruntled pelican response of my wife uh, when she's like, I will never try that. And Charlotte is now the new Scrapple. Scrapple's good. I love Scrapple, man. And we're going to do a whole pod- We're going to do a whole podcast on the beauty of Scrapple. So, um, with Set the, the date, and I'm there. Yeah, with that, we'll end on a hungry note of scrapple, which is technically the head meat of a of a deceased pig. Um, oh God, you ruined it. Yeah. Do we make a cop joke now, or is that too? Scary? Oh Jesus, Eric. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, all right, um, Dude, folks, you've been fun. This has been a lot of fun and a really great conversation. Thank you all for coming on, and I'll see y'all next time. Hey, guys. All right. Good to see you. All right. Now go to bed. <laughs> Look at Beasley's going to be the last person on. Now, th- what is this? The after show. Uh-oh, this is the after uh-oh. show. Oh, oh, throw down. Oh bring no, it, this is. It. Bring it on. Feldman. It on. Feldman versus Beasley, part one. How long you got? <laughs> Look, I got, I got the power of America behind me. America. <laughs> mm. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. The power concerto right here. All right. Come Thank on. y'all. Good times. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, don't rules. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for uh, for joining uh, the podcast tonight. I know it's been an interesting discussion. I thank you for your time, for sticking in there and paying close attention. Share this on Facebook. Share this on Twitter. Follow me at a minor detail at a uh, let's see, yeah, at Ryan R Minor, which is there in the top corner. And I want to say tomorrow is my beautiful wife's birthday i won't tell you the age because she'll get pissed at me but she is celebrating a big birthday tomorrow and uh if anybody who knows my wife knows that she is the brains behind all of this and uh my best friend uh my partner in life and i love her dearly so to my wife who turns i won't say what uh but she is celebrating a birthday tomorrow and I encourage you to wish Kim Minor a happy birthday. Don't friend request her because she shows me at like 11 o'clock at night and be like, who the hell is this? But my beautiful wife is turning, I won't say the number, but she is having a birthday tomorrow, September the 3rd. And uh, I will end on that. Thank you all for listening. Subscribe to a aminordetail.com slash newsletter. That's our newsletter. Subscribe to our Facebook page. Like us on Twitter and our YouTube page. We're on all these different social medias. I'm glad you joined us tonight. If you're interested in coming on the podcast, 
email me at ryan at a minor detail.com and whatever is happening in maryland we'll be covering it thank you all have a good night hey it's ryan thanks for listening subscribe to a minor detail podcast through itunes spotify google Podcasts, stitcher tune in radio iHeartRadio, or virtually any available podcast directory and you can find a minor detail on the web at a minor detail.com i am interested in your feedback email me at ryan at a minor detail.com and please go ahead and give us a like and subscribe on facebook and twitter using the at sign that is at a minor detail with an e not an o that's it thanks for listening we'll see you around